2: Hi. Hello. Or should we say, ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late nineties and two thousands. I am one of your hosts, Margot Poupard.
1: And I'm your other host, Emily Bajan.
2: Well, we're not quite doing a deep dive into shallow topics from the late nineties and 2000s today, we're doing what has now become a holiday tradition that I actually quite enjoy, which Mm -hmm. is we are going to be talking about the holiday movies that are on streaming platforms that Emily and I watched this holiday season. And although the holiday season is not out yet or over yet, I should say, uh, we watched a bunch of movies so that you can decide if you have to or if you just if it's a good movie to just throw on while you're wrapping presents or decorating the tree. So today we're going to talk about Princess Switch 3, which really had a lot of potential for, like, a fun little, you know, colon, like, electric three boogaloo or whatever. But instead, they went with Romancing the Star, which was whack, I have to say. Uh, Christmas in a Castle or Christmas Castle or whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brooke Shields, Carrie Ill's movie. Um, And we're going to talk about Single All the Way, Netflix's first uh, same-sex couple holiday movie. And Housewives of North Pole. Also, I watched Twelve Dates of Christmas, so I'll throw in some two cents with that. And I and- watched.
1: Oh, and I watched Love Hard, and uh, I have a few things about it.
2: <laughs> Thoughts and feelings. Oh yeah. So before we get into the streaming movies, Emily, how's your holiday season going so far? Well, you know
1: it's going. I I'm trying to make a few cocktails here and there. Um, trying to deal with this absurdly cold weather for the Bay Area. I know. Um, but yeah, you know, just trying to to wear some sparkles whenever
2: I can. How about you? You know, it's the first half of holiday season is actually birthday season, specifically about oh, of course. me. Yeah, happy belated. <laughs> so I, thank you. I had an amazing birthday. I got my wish of bagels thanks to Emily. And now <laughs> that my birthday is over and Sean's birthday is almost here and we've got a holiday party coming up. You know, I feel like pretty ready to go what I like to call into holiday hibernation mode, which is where I don't leave the house and I just watch movies and do little to nothing other than eat. So I'm very excited for that portion to kick in soon. And also to like, just not have to pretend to answer emails, you know, like that whole, like that whole, like it's a January problem. Like, do not speak to me.
1: I have some thoughts about this. One, I'd like sure. to add to to this holiday hibernation, um, that moment when you forget what day it is because- I love it.
2: Nothing I better. love it.
1: Like what day in December are we in? Are we in January yet? I don't know. I don't right. care. You,
2: every day you wake up and just ask, is it January? And then you go back to your own business.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I just, I'm so looking forward to this. And yes, um, every time I've had uh, a meeting, uh, just- have a response where someone was like, let's just reconvene in January. It is the Christmas carol. Christmas carol of my dreams. Yes.
2: I mean, there should, where's the fucking holiday rom-com about that? Like, let's just circle back in January. That's a great title for a movie.
1: Hire us Netflix.
2: I mean honestly every time I am expected to actually complete a task I'm like oh really oh okay um I was just going to like phone it in for another hour but I guess I'll I guess I'll read this we're, <laughs> if you we're insist still, we're
1: still pretending here okay
2: you know it is also absolutely wild that I started a new job uh, towards the end of the year because it's truly like my laziest time of year where I'm just like I am not here. To say that I just watched a bunch of videos in the background at quote-unquote work would be an understatement. But also every winter, I have like a really long list of things that I had been meaning to watch that the year, but got pushed off probably for housewives or 90 day fiance. And you'd be able to read what my holiday watch list is. If you subscribe to our Patreon, if you donate $5 a month to us, you get two bonus pieces of content every month. And our newsletter is coming up. And then we have a fun little episode coming out, uh, probably on new year's Eve, Pro- probably just going to talk about and just like that and all sorts of other topics that we didn't get to in the newsletter. So if you want to see that, if you want to hear that, then you got to subscribe to our Patreon, Old Millennial's Pod. Okay, let's talk about Christmas in a Castle. That was so smooth. I'm like so impressed with myself.
1: Yes, yes. I was impressed, yeah.
2: The power yeah. of a NOLA iced coffee, baby. Oh
1: my God. The power of.
2: <laughs> and the power of love. Let's not forget that. <laughs> the power
1: of love. And then the power of Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Flashbox 20, because that was a very smooth <laughs> transition. <laughs>
2: Fuck you. Did you know there's like a Santana g Easy song and it's fucking terrible. like no. Oh, my God, I swear to God. My fucking Samba teacher, she is like, she sometimes has like taste where I'm like, what? And sometimes she's like, great music taste. But this is one of the questionable ones where it was like, because they're both from the Bay Area. So they did a song together and g Easy is truly one of the, Gerald is truly one of the fucking worst rappers of all time. <laughs> anyway, it is a horrendous song. I will force you to listen to it, Drunkenly, I'm sure at some point this evening
1: oh god to <laughs> F- my point. we're all going we're all we're both going to a <laughs> holiday party this evening
2: <laughs> yes and i'm gonna terrorize you with a song <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> but sorry we're not gonna start with christmas in a castle we're gonna start with princess switch three which we both thought was a big old yawn
1: i mean just like so unnecessary i, I get it like we've, we get it vanessa hudgens you want another producer credit but like Really, really, but this this could have been fun. This could have been yes. it could you as you pointed out earlier. This could have been a fun movie. There could have been a fun twist, and instead it just became a huge snooze fest, like over a plot that I just can care enough about. Plus, a lot of unnecessary expository dialogue about a backstory that, like, we just don't care about for Fiona, the blonde cousin, aka Vanessa
2: Hudgens in a blonde wig. The blonde cousin. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think two things. Uh, First, I think if Vanessa Hudgens wanted another producer credit, why not give us Night Before Christmas 2? That movie was actually, I think it's superior to the Princess Switch franchise. I think it's very funny. Old Crone is still extremely funny. It's still a solid joke. Very sorry about it. And then two, there was such a missed opportunity for the twist to be that there's a fucking fourth one that we didn't know about that was like in that orphanage with Fiona or... Whatever, like you said, the plot was like so convoluted. It was like one part Ocean's Eleven because there's this whole we've got to steal this Christmas Star back aspect. This, this then
1: Vatican the, relic,
2: right. the Star of Peace. Oh my God, and it's one of those things where like they blur the lines enough. I'm like, is that real? Like it's like I don't feel like this writer is smart enough to like make something up wholesale, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know.
1: I, I don't think it's real. uh
2: There is no way in hell yeah, this I mean, is real. Uh, the sets are also just, they blow my mind in, like, how cheap they could look because oh, gosh. usually they're so confined to just, like, oh, they're in the castle, oh, they're outside. But this one, there's, like, that whole school flashback, which just feels like the living room or the great room, but with, like, school desks in it. I'm like, you guys didn't even try
1: it's just, yeah, exactly. I think there was a multi-purpose room that was just yes. used for about four different scenes in this film. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people tried to make it less apparent. But I, by doing that, they made it more apparent that they were probably using the same room over and over again.
2: Yeah. So it's part Ocean's Eleven with the star. Then we have the, like... Orphan Annie, like tiny Tim backstory going on. Then we have like the side, and this is all with Fiona. Then we have like the side romance. And then we have her like forgiving her mother for putting her in boarding school or something. I don't know. But what I do know is that it had nothing to do with the other two lookalike princess. There was no switching, I guess is really what yes. I'm trying to get at here. There was the, it's a un, misnomer.
1: Yes. There was no switching. There was rather impersonations. It was the princess impersonation and not even the princess it was the the princess's cousins impersonation like at one point they're all impersonating fiona it was messy also a villain that just was so half baked that i could care less
2: about like who was he even he, the villain i don't remember he,
1: i don't he was like the hotel guy who stole the star of peace but like he kind oh my of just God, disappears i don't remember that part <laughs> he just disappears <laughs> like 40 minutes into the movie like and then we just hear about him in like you know off remarks where it's like oh, he's escaped or, oh, he's on the run or, oh, Interpol caught him. Like, oh, he just becomes <laughs> an afterthought. He was a plot, a a person brought into the mix here that was unnecessary. I don't really understand what, what the writers were thinking. I think there could have been just a better villain that could have kind of kept the plot going and could have mm-hmm. been tied th- into the whole plot of the entire movie. But it just, it fell flat on so many levels.
2: Yeah, I I don't really know if there's much else to say because I feel like we distilled the movie in the most sensical way that you could because it was just a bunch of mishmash things with nothing connecting anybody and so much exposition to the point that it almost felt confusing. Like, again, I watched 90 Day Fiance where every other scene is explaining the scene that you just watched. So, you know, I'm used to getting a lot of exposition in my TV, but I really it got it got to the point where I was like, wait, what's happening again? Because you guys have told me so many times. It's probably why like the villain I totally lost track of because he disappeared, and so they're all just telling each other about it instead of showing me. I guess this is oh. a movie that proves that you can actually just tell and not show, and it is very confusing when you do that.
1: And there's so many. One final thing: it's just there are so many plot points that are brought in to try to give us a reason why Vanessa Hudgens has to impersonate other Vanessa Hudgens, and then why. Other Vanessa Hudgens has to impersonate other other Vanessa Hudgens like, oh, the disciplinary committee hearing for the the convent where we're forcing the cousin to do hard labor is going to hold a hearing on like Christmas Eve, like, so now someone has to impersonate her. I mean, it's just one thing after another really unnecessary i i think what you said is night before christmas was really the shining vanessa hudgens i was about to call her vanessa carlton um <laughs> holiday movie uh of the of the netflix movies and i really wish she had decided to double down on that one for sequels rather than princess Switch.
2: uh great because i think after the second one unless they were again unless they added a fourth lookalike there's oh no God. real reason. Well, I think that no. that would just make it absolutely unhinged, right? And then you would just be, like, into the Princess Switch like multiverse. Like, I just think they needed to... It was so serious about a, a movie that is truly the dumbest thing on Earth. Like, there's absolutely no way that any of... This is just, like, it takes two times a gajillion. Like, there's yes. absolutely no way in any world that no. any of this makes any sense. So just roll with it. Instead of trying to, like, make Fiona like like who cares if she's likable like this is that's no. the patriarchy like women don't need to be likable like fucking who cares
1: right i agree
2: all right yeah. let's talk about christmas castle which <laughs> honestly the first 10 minutes i actually quite enjoyed i really did oh, sure. i liked I liked the Drew Barry I thought Drew Barrymore and the Drew Barrymore show is like the perfect way to start it out. I like the premise. I like the idea of Brooke Shields being a Danielle Steele type person. I like her being jilted. Well, that's kind of like a fucked up term, but like I like her, you know, having to deal with this divorce and sort of being lost and people are mad at her. I liked all of that. And then we immediately went into a montage. (laughs)
1: So, uh, I mean,
2: a montage that lasted about 95 minutes. Many, Uh, Emily, I told you I counted. There were four in the first 30 minutes, which is truly unhinged. That is unhinged unhinged behavior. There is no movie on Earth. Not even the Fast and Furious franchise has four fucking montages in the first half hour. That's deranged.
1: It was deranged. I think everyone's uh, attempt at a Scottish accent was deranged because they,
2: well, much like, have you much- seen Wild Mountain Time? That's some deranged Scottish accents, I'll tell you that. Because there was uh, like fully a point where Sean walked in, he's like, I'm a honey babe, which is a spoiler <laughs> for the end of that movie. But that's what everybody sounded like to me is like they all sounded like Jamie Dorton trying to do a Scottish accent.
1: It was very painful to listen to. Um, other things for me that stood out, uh, just kind of the, uh, yeah, the montage of it all. I mean, even the moment where like Carrie, how, how do we pronounce his name? Ells? Ells? Elves? els
2: Elvis. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really. Know. <laughs> I don't think. Wesley, it, and it doesn't, it doesn't Wesley from the Princess Bride. <laughs> Let's just call him Wesley. That's actually much better. That's always what the I want to call him anyway. Or Robin Hood men types.
1: Um, or Weapon Hood Men in Tights, either one. Um, he, uh, he is reminiscing about ha- him missing Brooke Shields. That he starts having one of those like eighties cheesy looking sequence dream sequences where there's like a thought bubble up on the top corner of him reminiscing of them going horseback riding together or some shit. Like, and it was oh, so... that was the one
2: that made me crazy because I was like. I... <laughs> I don't understand why we are watching a montage of something that we just watched five fucking minutes ago. And the problem was that, like, or the biggest problem that I had with the movie was. They always cut to a montage when like the story was getting going, you know, like mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. feel like we're making some plot, like any sort of progress in like a forward direction. It would immediately cut to a fucking montage and take all the air out of the sails. So it felt very like start and stop to me. And so a lot of the times I would just like space out and be like, wow, Brick Shields looks great for her age. Like, I mean, what is she doing? Like, does that eyelash right. serum really work? Like I'm, I'm asking the wrong questions, especially when they, they do that ballroom dance together. I'm like, what is happening anymore? Uh, And he likes her, but then he's mean to her. But then I, I, there was like a lot happening to where it, if they had more, honestly, they needed some of Princess Switch's exposition and less montages so that we could understand what we're doing because flashing back to five minutes before is truly confusing.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of points where I was, I'm like, montage could have been replaced By more um, exposition so we could know just a little bit more backstory, just like a teensy bit more. I'm not even asking for like, you know, 30 minutes of, of, of exposition, just like an extra five or 10 minutes to give me some context of why we should care. What are the stakes here? And I, yeah, I, I just think that there was the other thing that for me was kind of weird was just like, I felt like there was just an introduction of too many characters, too Mm -hmm. many kind of half-baked plot points where there's like, the baker friend in the knitting circle, and then the other woman who owns the inn in the knitting circle, who has like a history with like oh my god that and the castle, who's always wearing kilts, like just <laughs> and then the poor man who lost his husband, who doesn't speak, and like well, there's what about just the two guy men- who
2: comes to the pub every year and sings a special song? Yes.
1: Unnecessary.
2: Just so much, unne- so many unnecessary, like quote unquote characters, because they all felt like they were doing, like, this is my chance. They were all going, like, Jared Leto, House of Gucci method. And you're like, you yes. don't need to do this. No. And you don't need to write this in. Please, no. we're begging you. No. And
1: also, I feel like every time there's a movie about Scottish people or like a fish out of water story about people in Scotland or a- another country with a thicker accent, there's always the stock trope of the guy who has such a thick accent you need subtitles and you can't understand him Mm -hmm. um and I'm just I immediately they they checked that box they checked like every single (laughs) box that you're supposed to have in this type of a movie and it just and then they would they would do it with montages I think this could have been a fun one because I like I think when we're going to get into this, when we talk about the Kyle Richards, Betsy Brandt movie, I appreciate these holiday movies when they're featuring women who are over the age of 40. Um, And uh, I think they're really fun to watch. And I think in this case, like they did Brooke Shields wrong. Like, I think she is a great actress who got really, sidelined by some really poor decisions on behalf of the director to just feature yeah. a montage every 20 seconds.
2: I think it's so disappointing because I thought the trailer made it look really promising. So if you're going to watch right. this, I would highly recommend watching the trailer because it tells you everything that happens in the movie and honestly cuts out all the fucking montages. Yeah, true. True. So, you know, I say A for effort, D plus for execution.
1: Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that.
2: Okay, you want to start talking about things that we did like? Do you wanna talk about I mean, since you brought it up, do you want to talk about Housewives of North Pole on Peacock? Yeah,
1: I I so I watched it yesterday, uh evening um and afternoon, and I really enjoyed it all around. Like I just thought it was so fun. And I will say, like, Peacock's uh did the right thing by capitalizing on the fact that like NBC Universal owns Bravo. So to capitalize on the housewife stuff, to have that really fun scene with all the housewife cameos and to get oh Kyle my Richards God, oh, with my when God. we saw Lisa I Barlow. Died. Lisa Barlow with the commish for Trish. Oh, like Trish oh the oh
2: commish. My- I mean, I screamed each time because they had all my favorites. They had Sonia, they had Karen. And they had Lisa, and I was like, I am alive again. But I I also would say all of the streaming services back during Halloween, they they were trying to – commodify like you know halloween plus streaming service and peacock i thought went one with their uh peacocktober streaming and yeah. i also think they're winning the holiday season because they have a whole section called season streaming and they have all of their christmas movies in there and i thought that that was really smart i feel like peacock kind of like hbo is going to be like a little sleeper streamer and kind of like surprise you but House of the north pole was really fun it was very dumb it's yes. like a the perfect stick- So low. No, just insanely low stakes. Like even the Christmas tree farm fight where like they have like a domino effect with like the Christmas trees. I'm like the stakes could not be lower, but it's still funny. And I got to say, Kyle Richards, not that bad of an actress. She was good in Halloween Kills. I got to say, I I would be happy to see her in some sort of annual peacock holiday streaming movie. And it really did feel like a good holiday TV movie because they even put in like the commercial breaks
1: no I I thought it was great I enjoyed it so much I thought Kyle Richards I mean she's a child actress and so or she was a child actress so like Great acting, I th- I believe the friendship with her and Betsy Brand, yes. And I also, like you said, super low stakes. Like I mean, they're fighting. the The Girl Scout troop is like they're truthers about a charades game for Christ's sake. Like it is. Yeah,
2: I mean, that was really funny. I will admit <laughs> that I didn't quite understand though, like the writer trying to capitalize on their friendship kind of part. I kind of felt like that. Like out of all the plot lines, fell the most flat. She but it was I- unnecessary. Yes, I mean, if you just want to have somebody that's like their intermediary, I mean, you do have their kids who. I did appreciate that whole side love story too. That didn't feel too forced. It was very cute. No, very it's cute. It's very light. I would say you, we can either sit down and watch it all the way through, or it's like the perfect movie to have on in the background while you're wrapping presents or decorating the tree or whatever you're doing or writing cards. Um, Cause it yeah. really, it goes down real smooth. There's like, it's so, got that like Bravo twinkle that I think um, that like for me, like elevates it a little bit from like kind of an average to, you know, Christmas Castle, let's say I mean, holiday streaming movie.
1: They literally used at one point in the in the movie the housewives music, like the background yeah. music, a soundtrack. I like noticed that immediately, and I was like, "This is good. This is very good. Very well done." And I feel like this is where. We're going to get into it with Single All the Way, that which was my one, you know, the one exception for me this year of the Netflix movies that I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Netflix really fell um, flat this year for most yeah. of their holiday movies. I really, really enjoyed this movie. It was just a fun one. And I, again, really like seeing uh, holiday movies that feature women over the age of 40. And obviously, the, that's why you love Real Housewives. But I also think it was great to just see, you know, a fun little movie like that, that I just hope, yeah, Kyle Richards does an annual
2: movie. Yeah. Let's do one with all the sisters. Let's get Kathy in there. Let's get let's Kim get in Kathy there. Kathy
1: and Kim, Kim an
2: yes. Actor. She was a child actor too. I mean, Kathy yes. was a a model, a child model for Barbie. Like, let's get them in there. I would love a Richards sisters Christmas. All right, Peacock, you hear us? I really want to spend some time talking about Single All the Way because it was my favorite. I my genuinely favorite. laughed. Multiple times, which it's very, very hard for me to do that with any sort of like streaming holiday movie. I thought it, even though there were huge plot holes and you had to suspend your disbelief, oh, sure. I fucking loved it. It was a genuinely enjoyable movie. And not only, I was immediately endeared to Michael Yuri's character because he looks so much like my uncle. And I was like, oh, I want you to find love. But <laughs> I... I thought that everybody was, gr- like, everyone was great. Um, the sister who's from Shit's Creek was incredible. Yes. I loved the sassy teen nieces, like, they weren't too precocious. They were, like, just right. I loved them just, like, bossing everybody around. I was like, yes, it's very on brand for teen girls. Like, I really appreciate them being like, no, you go here, mom, mess up the date. Like, I thought all of it was adorable. And obviously there's Kathy and Jimmy and Jennifer Coolidge, who was truly in a completely different movie. But that's fine because she's a legend and she can do whatever she wants.
1: I would agree with all these sentiments. I will say the teen girls annoyed me ever so slightly after a while, and so did the little nephews. But like,
2: well, I didn't like the nephews that, at all, especially I the just, littlest like one. His the voice, little one, the
1: horse, the horse voice. <laughs> I did. God. I was.
2: I was so upset by all of it, and like they were too precocious. I thought the teen. Too precocious, I don't know. but maybe I I'm thought just, they were know. fun. In a forgiving spirit. But yeah, I also, too, was like with the two kids, the two nephews just being like, tell me about the dog book. I was like, ah, <laughs> demon. Did this, did this child smoke like 10 cigarettes before this movie? Maybe. But like, um, also, who's directing him to read it this way? Like, no. Tell him how to read this, please. Somebody. He's an actor.
1: I enjoyed it a whole lot. I really loved Michael Yuri in this role. Um, Just had a lot of fun. Kathy and Jimmy was great. I love the Dad is Barry Boswick, a.k.a. Brad from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, it was – I really enjoyed it. I love the overusage of the um, home goods signs. You know how much I love to go on those. But, but like, I just (laughs) – It was just kind of such a perfect encapsulation of, like, Kathy Jimmy understood the assignment for her role. She prepared for it. I appreciated it. And yes, like you said, uh, Jennifer Coolidge very much was in a different movie. Um, I don't, like... It was an interesting performance, but yes, of course. I love Jennifer Coolidge as but well. Totally, tonally, so I, tonally yes.
2: within the context of the movie, you're like, this is a different movie. Uh, this if, is a different movie. Did you ever movie. see um, Hamlet 2 with Steve yes. Coolidge? Yes. Okay, that's the Hamlet 2, but about like a Christmas play. And that's a that's different exactly. movie. It's still a good movie, but it's a different movie. We're doing, it's this, different movie. We're doing this movie. We're doing this movie. And lighthearted and kind of like how – we both love watching stories about women who are over 40 because they exist. I also really appreciated Michael Yuri's like mid to late thirties man, like completely disaffected, hating his job and just being like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't know who no. can relate to that shit. I was like, yes, I am you and you are me.
1: I had so much fun. I love the moment when they did the Britney Spears dance. Like
2: that was so cute
1: so cute i i just i had a lot of fun watching it and um i really hope netflix is taking notes uh because to me this was like really the standout for them this year i i thought this movie was very cute very fun also it made me happy to see a same-sex couple holiday movie that didn't end up with someone ending up with the wrong person like last year's happiest season like i was oh yeah I was or even like
2: involved in aspect of someone coming out. I know I was really happy that like he's out. Like they're so supportive. Yes. And they love his best friend. Uh his mom actively wants to hook him up with the only other gay guy in town. They acknowledge the fact that they live in a small town, they don't have a big gay community. Like I was just happy to be pat like, yes, it's very important to have these stories about coming out, but also it's very important to see people who are queer like living and thriving and not being like the only queer person or if they are like people acknowledging the fact that that's fucked up and stupid like i i just i appreciated that aspect of the movie where everybody's like yeah we get it you're gay Fine. <laughs> doesn't mean we don't want you to be happy like i'm glad that we were just at the point where they're like you need a boyfriend you keep talking about wanting to find the love of your life and you're just not doing it so we're all gonna like conspire against you behind your back which is perfect
1: Totally. And I will say a little fun fact in this. So, you know, the guy who's singing in the bar band at, like, the end or towards the end of the movie, there's, like, this absurd, like, guy who's singing. He's There's, like, a bar band at the bar.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The one that, like, hits on Jennifer Coolidge or whatever yes. in the end credits, so yes.
1: He's married to Kathy Jimmy. That guy's. he's in a oh, band called – the- Dan
2: Band, yes. Yes, yes, I know exactly who he is. Because when I brought up, Kathleen, Jimmy Sean was like, oh, she's she's married to Dan Band guy. I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I know that. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so that's her husband.
2: Well, I would say uh, all of the Netflix movies for the holiday need to level up to single all of the way because the other two offerings this year, and granted, I haven't watched, they have a couple more, but I I have not gotten around to seeing them because they seem a little little same same and I'm just yeah. not that interested if I want to watch something that's like same same I'll just put on something better like while you were sleeping or something you know like I don't need I don't need a movie full of montages
1: <laughs> yeah I think there's a sequel to the California Christmas movie that just came out I'd probably check it out at one point during uh our holiday hibernation season in the next week uh, but yeah other than that I'm not very interested.
2: Before we wrap up this little bonus episode, I'm going to quickly hop over to 12 Dates of Christmas, which is on HBO, which also has a bunch of original holiday movies that we didn't get into because I think both are animated or there's like 8-bit Christmas that I know has like June Diane in it. And then there's like an animated one called like Santa's Inc. So I can't vouch for either of them, but please know that there are movies over there as well. But I watched the reality dating show that is absolutely insane called 12 12 Dates of Christmas. And it is... It's a ride. I highly recommend it. Um, The Amanda, the woman lead, is, like, so stunningly beautiful. It's, like, I don't remember anything she said, but she's so beautiful. And, like, her journey sucks and is kind of sad just because – she falls into the happiest season trope of like, just picking the wrong person. Um, oh, but no. at least she figures it out. Uh, the straight white guy, of course, is the most annoying person and picks the worst person for him. And you're like, great. Okay. I'm so glad that you like dragged this other girl along this whole time. Cause I'm sure she's real happy about that too. And then with the, um, gay guy side, that has some, that has probably the most fun and twists and turns. And I was very happy with how all of that turned out. I'm very happy for the couple at the very end. It's, it goes, another one that goes down real, real smooth. If, I, if you want to consume it the way that I did, which is watch one episode a night <laughs> before bed, because it really like, it enters your brain and then it leaves. And you get beautiful, like snowy mountains and a giant cabin. And it really like makes you want to take a winter vacation, um, I, I highly recommend. It's just, it's just such a dumb dating reality show, and it's such a great palate cleanser from like The Bachelorette and The Bachelor of just Ugh. this whole year. Because again, the stakes are so so low because they're just bringing someone home for the holidays.
1: That's good to hear. On the opposite flip side, I'll be very quick about this. Love hard, really, just skip it. Uh, really bad. <laughs> Really kind of racist, um, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what was supposed to be like, oh, exciting, like Netflix is casting people of color and romantic leads. And uh, you know, I while well, spoiler alert, the the two people end up with each other in the end. Um, I just think that this was <laughs> unhinged. I don't like anything that offers a catfish plot. Like I just think it's annoying and convoluted, and it's been overdone at this point. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of disappointed because it was produced by Wonderland, who is what's MCG's production company that produced The OC, and last year made that Emma Roberts movie that we thought, you know, Holiday, which was just perfectly fun. You know, like I think oh you God. and I both kind of like that one. Yeah.
2: That makes total sense because I thought when I watched the trailer for Love Heart, I was like, this looks like a shittier version of Holiday. <laughs>
1: It's exactly the same production company and team who worked on it. Well, there you go.
2: That's exactly why. And I I can't believe it. Yeah. Anything where like the punchline is like, "he's Asian? LOL is not for me.
1: (laughs) No, no. It was. Yeah. Skip.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't. Netflix is producing so much that it's hard to find the good stuff. I think sometimes, but single all the way is definitely the good stuff. Agreed. All right. Anything else before we sign off for the rest of the year?
1: No, just everyone have a great holiday season. Um, Eat and drink and be merry and don't feel the need to wear hard pants.
2: Thank you guys so much for listening to us in 2021. We hope you guys had as much fun as we did. And if you miss us and want to spend more time with us while we are off for another month or so before we come back with season seven, you can find us on Patreon and for $5 a month, you'll get some bonus content and you'll get to hang out with us. And if you don't want to do that, another great way to support the podcast would be to leave us a five-star review or just hit subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And you can also catch up with us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at The Old Millennials Pod. And you can follow Emily and I on Twitter. I am at Marg She Wrote. And I'm at Emily A. B. And until next year, we say bye-bye. Bye.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
0: derm.com.